This is your friend in podcasting, Phil Lairness of your Chill Pack Hollywood Hour. And I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. Pass the succotash. It's the Comedy Podcast Podcast. Hit me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the hit, it's time for... Succotash. The number one comedy podcast about comedy. Podcast. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast podcaster, Mark Hershaw. Yes, this is Mark Hershaw, and you're listening to a special edition, Epi 59.5 of Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast. This is not uh, one of our regular shows. I won't be playing a whole lot of clips. Um, this is really all about uh, Succotash and the Chill Pack Hollywood Hour with Dean Haglin and Phil Larinus. Um, we've been uh, playing a game of tag back and forth for the past few months, mentioning each other's shows, playing clips, and uh, at least having fun as, as far as we're concerned. I don't know if the listeners listen or even care about it, but... It's been fun for us in this past week. Well, Dean and Phil, they they missed. They they missed mentioning Succotash. Uh, so Phil called to uh, to bring that to my attention, which I was already aware of, of course. And uh, we ended up having a, a conversation, about a half an hour of chit-chat about that and a bunch of other stuff. And I just decided, you know what, what the heck, I'm just going to put that up there. Uh, it's not really enough to put into a regular show because we just, uh, I don't know, there was no real agenda to the conversation. Uh, it was fun. And uh, I figured, well, I'll just throw it out there in the middle. And uh, we got an extra burst of durst that came in, so I'll, I'll kind of tag it off with that. So if you're uh, if you're listening in to hear podcast clips uh, this episode will not have any, hence the title Epi 59.5. But uh, we'll be back in a few days with Epi 60 and a whole new rack clips for you. But in the meantime, here's Phil Ernest and me. Mark Hershon. Phil Ernest, as I live and breathe. Me, uh, I'm like, oh, why is my video not working? I always like the beginning of any interview to be about two people talking about what's not working technically. Yes, exactly. What the hell has gone wrong? I don't understand. <laughs> because as you know, on your Chill Pack Hollywood Hour, we don't edit. So all of this, including your <laughs> false attempt at reaching me earlier and my <laughs> partial message on your voicemail, those are all going to go into the opening of a show. Wow, you really, you really know how to fill up the hour, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> we might even have 10% more hour at this rate. <laughs> well, for some reason, my camera just uh, is uh, not coming on. I don't know why. There's a spinning ball. I see the spinning ball. The spinning ball is excellent. Um, but I don't know what's uh, what's going on. Maybe it'll kick in or something. But I'm so busy uh, staring at the spinning ball that I don't even notice the bear enter the basketball court. <laughs> I'm not even sure I get that reference. Oh, my God. Like have, you, have you never seen that video about, like, you're supposed to follow the basketball you know, they instruct you to follow the basketball, and your natural inclination is to count how many times the ball is passed. And <laughs> and something like half the people who watch the video don't notice that somebody in a bear costume walks onto the court during the middle of it. 
So I haven't I haven't seen that, but I'm going to look for it now. It's one of those videos that uh, Dean turned me on to, like the one about whether or not you can, with your mind, change the direction that the ballet dancer is oh, spinning. Really? Yeah. That's like being able to dissolve clouds with your mind. No, I mean, <laughs> it's a video. It's okay. Never mind. But it does bring up actually a, a topic that uh, we're going to be discussing, uh, sort of, or we okay. or All we right. were supposed to on uh, Chill Pack Hollywood Hour, um, which is alternate uh, ways of perceiving things. Because uh, a guest that we interviewed is a shaman named Fu Ding Chang, and he was supposed to be giving a TED Talk. And at the last minute, he was one of the speakers who had the support of the TED Talk people pulled because, oh. because they will no longer sponsor TED Talks that have to do with anything other than materials-based science. Wow. So alternate ways of perceiving things, such as quantum uh, physics and mechanics, I would imagine, uh, are no longer welcome under the uh, TED Talk tent. Really? That's wow. What, uh, that's what I understand. Interesting. Very interesting. Wow. That's uh, ah, people are. I don't know. I'm I'm constantly befuddled by people's behavior. Well, I know. I I mean, and every time. I mean, you would you would hope at this point in our history, in our evolution, that some group would maybe be inclusive, and you would like to think that group could be science. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but science has become its own religion. And yet, hasn't that always sort of, in a way, been true? I mean, I if, so. if you don't have a... Uh, what was the there's, the... there's the quote in... A brilliant film called The Truth Is Out There. <laughs> oh, hey, do you know where I can get a copy of that? <laughs> you can get it at truth-is-out-there.com. Sounds uh, like you visit quite often. <laughs> it trips off the tongue. <laughs> uh, we have Bill Tiller, the physicist who, who did teach material science for many years at Stanford. Um, and he became so frustrated, though, because he, he felt that it was not um, certainly the only way to pose fundamental questions, scientific questions, but also it was never going to be uh, complete because it excluded uh, it, it, material science, traditional orthodox science, excludes anything that does not fit in with their pre-existing framework that is based on a, a certain viewpoint of time and space. Right, right. I remember that. Yeah, it was uh, fascinating. And it's so true. It's just so true. And then, you know, that'll be usurped at some point by somebody else whose dogma will also become set in stone over the course of time. And then all the questions will be based around proving that framework or that yes. point of reference. Yes, yes. Now, you mentioned uh, in a text that you are involved in a comedy project, an improv project? Yes, yes, it's uh, very interesting. Uh, the guy that I used to teach improv with in San Francisco, a uh, com comedian named Sammy Wegent, uh, came up with this idea uh, after seeing uh, things about something similar that happened at the end of tech conventions. Uh, the, uh, the tech heads, after everyone's gone home, the guys that set up the equipment and stuff, they uh, challenge each other in something called battle decks, where they... <laughs> They have to give presentations based on PowerPoint shows 
that contain images that they have no idea what's going to come up. They just have to start talking and maintain a thread of, uh, of interest, but not knowing what the next image, it could be a graph, it could be a picture of a bear, it could be anything. And uh, you just have to keep doing it. So we have formalized that into a, a format we call Speechless. And uh, we have uh, a wide variety of topics. It could be anything from a, a TED Talk to a wedding toast to a quarterly report. And uh, we have people from sort of all walks of life that we pull out as presenters beforehand. We have, we've had stand-ups and improvisers and just really regular tech business people from Silicon Valley. And they have a, they have a, a PowerPoint show of about eight to ten slides that we put together, but they have never seen. And they have to just wing it. So do they know in advance, though, what the theme is or what the milieu, like, would I be told, okay, you're doing a TED Talk, or would I have to just base that on the first slide? Well, it's actually uh, that uh, we're refining the process. So, yes, the next show we have, which will be at the end of June, uh, people will know what their theme is. We were, we did have a big spinning wheel, and it was all done at random. You didn't know what it was going to be until just moments before you started. It's much like this video chat right now, because I'm just getting a big spinning wheel in front exactly, of me. Exactly, and I don't know why. You know, I'm trying this new Skype call recorder, and I ho hopefully it's recording us. But I think because I turned off the record camera feature, it suddenly stopped my camera from working or something. Oh. Maybe. I didn't have time to troubleshoot it, so I don't know what's going on. But as long as you can hear my voice and see my still picture, what the hell? No, but I can't even see your still picture. Oh, you I'm just can't. getting just that circle. Ball. Just the, the spinning ball. Yeah. Well, listen to the sound of my voice, Phil. Are you getting sleepy? <laughs> Are you getting sleepy? Hark, Follow the spinning hark, ball. Hearken to the sound of Mark Hershon's voice. <laughs> uh, no, and whatever picture does come up, I will then immediately segue into a conversation with that person or, or entity. Fantastic. As part of my audition for Speechless. <laughs> this is how you could audition uh, performers in Speechless. Absolutely. Uh, it's It really is a whole kind of new improv paradigm, sort of based on anyone who's familiar with short-form improv. There's a, a form called um, Slideshow, where you have, uh, you're have you presenting a slideshow, and the other players, like three or four players, will, will freeze in place. And then you describe the action of what's happening in that slide, and then you have a clicker, and they move into the next bit of action, and they freeze. Uh, so it's a little bit based on that. It's a little bit sort of like that set list show that Troy Conrad's doing in Los Angeles where they have stand-ups doing an act based on just one single premise. They don't know what their act is going to be, what their set piece is going to be. They just get like a phrase or a word, and they have to create an improvised stand-up routine based on that. So it's a whole mixture of different things. It's, it's been pretty fascinating to watch. I love – the thing that I love that feels to me like an added uh, element in Speechless is – there's a there's a, a an acting element to it. I mean, it yes. it would seem to me certainly the invitation is there to actually don a character and really embody a character in the reality of whatever that uh, presentation is supposed to be. I mean, it, it, you know, your the performance that you give if what you're assigned is a wedding toast would be uh, would lend itself to quite a different character than the performance of, let's say, for example, the TED Talk. Uh, oh, very much so. And that's one of the reasons we're going to start, uh, you know, letting the, the presenter, we don't call them performers, we call them presenters, but we're going to start letting them know what their theme is so they can really prepare. They can go up to TED Talks and see how those things are formatted and really sort of carry that off as a character as opposed to just sort of stumble through some slides and try and make it seem like something that might be real. And 
uh, it will make it a lot easier, I think, for them to, to pull that together. Can I do a presentation as a uh, as in front of a Rotary Club where I'm explaining why I should be Student Citizen of the Month? I don't see why you couldn't. Oh, you mean for our show? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or just can I do that? I well, would, I'll, I'm just... I'll tell you what. You'll actually you will actually um, have the opportunity to to perform in Speechless because we are planning to do an LA oh, uh, version of Speechless. So we're going to be looking for a few presenters, people that we know. So when we come into town, uh, we don't have to like kind of fumble around for people to do this. And I think you'd be great at it. Well, I certainly uh, volunteer Dean Haglund to do it. <laughs> well, yeah, well, we tap him and we tap you. It'd be great. Um, so anyway, yeah, we want to get down there before sort of the ideas finds its way down there without us. Yes, yes. That's, uh, well, and of course, our our, our listeners uh, of Chopak Hollywood Hour, they, legion as they are, may indeed, uh, this spinning ball is taking so long, by the time it stops spinning, there may already be a production of Speechless. There, there might be, there might be. But uh, people can go up to speechlesslive.com, and uh, we've got a few videos up there that demonstrate things. Uh, I'm in one of them, doing a wedding speech, actually, uh, but it's just an excerpt. Um, so you get kind of the idea, and we'll announce where the next shows are and things like that up there. Well, I can't wait to check that out. That'll be really uh, fun. Uh, of course, people can check you out every week now. You are you have become a weekly show. I've uh, man, I keep trying to make it. Yeah, it, let's say weekly loosely. Uh, <laughs> it's it's not weekly on Tuesdays. It's not weekly on Wednesdays. It's weekly. I'll, I was up last week. I was up the week before. I'll be up this week, but I can't exactly tell you what day it's going to drop. And, of course, we're referring to Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast. That's right. And, of course, you and uh, Dean very, very regularly show up on Mondays at chillpackhollywood.com for the Chillpack Hollywood Hour. And often we mention Succotash on the show. However, I think, did we not drop the ball this week? I think we... I, I think you missed one. Yeah. yeah. I think we we, had a, we lost had a pre recorded so you, you you've lost the first heat. <laughs> <laughs> We've been going so good, and of course, you know, not to to make excuses, but you know, D D Dean's father got very ill, and Dean had to leave Los Angeles uh, uh, and uh, under cover of darkness and uh, by by hot air balloon uh, to get to Winnipeg. So. Uh, yeah, so we went uh, back into uh, the vaults and uh, dusted off a, uh, a recorded interview that we had done, and that's what's available right now on Chillpack Hollywood Hour, uh, number 313, or as you would call it, Epi 313. Yes, and what's interesting is, and I didn't call you to task on this last week because I uh, I kind of, I, I, I got busy and I was going to really harangue you for this, but you kept referring to my episode as Epi 357. And in reality, it was just Epi 57. <laughs> See, this is the yin-yang of it, though. <laughs> Dean and I are into year seven, or as you like to call it, five. Year four. Five, yes, five. <laughs> yeah, we're just, well, we finished four, according to That's you. Right. That's when right. We, when we, yeah, you gave us credit for four out of the six that we've done. <laughs> I, in turn, give you credit for almost six more years. That's fantastic. Worth I love of it. shows. It's like we're working on two different time streams. Um, I count... I count by virtue of how many clips of other shows you've played. Oh, no, I like that. I like that. See, that's the kind of uh, <laughs> quick thinking 
that people can count on from me when I do a rotary speech at Speechless. I have, you know, I get very interesting interviews uh, for my show. I've, I've, you know, I started out doing just the clips and then, you know, I've interviewed some, a lot of podcasters and a lot of comics and people come through to do comedy here in uh, Marin County. And I have an interview that I'll play on uh, episode 50, uh, 60 with Mark Price, who some discerning listeners might remember as Skippy, the next door neighbor on Family Ties. Sure. Uh, it, Dean toured with, uh, with Skippy. Uh, doing yes. comedy. Yes, yes, yes. So he was up here doing stand-up, and uh, he and I actually used to hang out all the time when I lived in L.A., and he was, like, in the last year of Family Ties. And uh, we literally, other than Facebook viewing, we've not seen each other probably in 23 years. Well, you know what? Uh, don't Skype video call with him, because he still won't see you. <laughs> He'll just see the spinning ball. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm going to keep working the spinning ball until it's no longer funny, and then and then I'll keep working it some more. Um, so well, I want this back and forth we've been doing. You, yes, you and I uh, particularly uh, have been very good natured about it. I get the feeling that Dean puts up with it. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean I may not be a, a really good judge of, of sort of I am a good judge of character, and I can just tell that Dean is Dean is putting up with it, isn't it? Well, I'll let you in on a little secret uh, about our live mixing that we do now. And this is indeed, is this how it all started? Is it because, is it because of that, that rant that you did about uh, how podcasters really need to take the time to edit? It and, is, yes. And, yes. and I responded to that by thinking, okay, that's a challenge. What we need to do is cut <laughs> out the little bit of editing we do every week and we need to, we need to mix live and everything with oh. our jingles and our, our commercials and everything. We need to, we need to mix it live. And so that's what we do. And when we play clips from you, <laughs> he can't actually hear them. Ah, <laughs> because he doesn't have, we only, we only have one headset. So only one of us is listening to the feed on the mixer board. There's only one set, one headset for <laughs> Chopac Hollywood after seven years. Of broadcasting or podcasting, I smell a I smell a benefit coming. <laughs> so, uh, and and not only do we only have the one, but uh, we would also need if we had a second one, we'd also need a second um, mini to to quarter inch adapter. Anyway, uh, so he can't hear, for example, your voicemail messages. Oh, so oh, so he's sort of left out of the show. So he's so he's faking it. So what you sense as him tolerating it is really just him acting. And, oh, I see. And if you think back to his performance as Langley on the X-Files, mm, he yes. pretty much, that was his stock in trade. He just seemed like he was tolerating things. <laughs> and they wouldn't give him headphones there either. Interesting. Interesting. But I have, I've definitely been enjoying our, uh, our uh, repartee back and forth. Um, I must say, I've not really heard from any of my listeners. I sometimes <laughs> wonder if I even have listeners. Well, you know you have Dean and me. <laughs> I do. And actually, I think we have at least one listener in common. Uh, Tyson. Tyson, exactly, who's a very big supporter. I mean, he's, uh, he's great. He sent me clips, and he retweets our stuff all the time. Yeah, he's, he's great. He really was very uh, helpful and supportive when we were doing our Mayan podcast-a-thon. Yes, so Tyson Saner, we're you're beloved. 
at least between our two podcasts, and I think also Combat Radio. Combat Radio, of course. He does a, he does a lot for them, too, as well. Um, I had uh, a, another question for you. Oh, yeah, I've, I, and then we should probably uh, end it here, but I've, I've, I've asked you before, like, what, uh, what shows, what podcasts you've been turned on to listening to by having people, you know, send in clips. Mm-hmm. Um, but quite frankly, I think that that sort of does reveal itself, because although you don't review the shows generally that you're playing clips of, you might review them over at uh, Splitsider. Split yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, what I want to know, and we'll just keep it between us and, and our audiences, <laughs> yeah. uh, have there ever been any podcasts that you enjoyed listening to and then interactions with the people who made those podcasts sort of inspired you to say, you know what? I don't need to listen to them anymore. (laughs) Um, That's a good question. No, you know, actually there's some podcasts that I haven't really dug that much that in having interactions with the hosts, I've gone back and listened to them kind of in a different spirit. Once they've told me what the kind of what the core of the show was really about. Because I'm really just sampling, and sometimes I hear something and it's out of context, or they'll send a clip and I go, man, why would you send that clip? And they go, well, here's what happened. I go, okay, well, you guys should just be better at sending clips. Um, so the the example you're stating didn't happen, but one thing which is interesting, there's a, a show that I was a big fan of early on called Cinematic Method, and it was by these three guys or four guys or five guys. You couldn't tell from the website or listening to the show how many guys were really involved. And um, at the time, I think they were in the Midwest somewhere, and they had a very clever bit, which was their whole show was about reviewing movie trailers. Not the movies, just the trailers, which I thought was was kind of brilliant. Um, and then it kind of went away, and they were off my radar for a long time. And I recently was contacted by them. They've, they're, they're still around. They've rebooted their show. It has a different name, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cover it next uh, in episode 60. Uh, because they sent me a really nice letter said, hey, you were a big supporter of ours. We've changed our format. We kind of went away for a while. We're back with a new format. We do sketch comedy. And we just want your opinion if you think what we're doing is funny. Wow. Which was interesting. And I've gotten that from a number of podcasters who, for whatever reason, again, like you say, I don't really review the shows. I play the clips. Uh, I talk about their sound quality because, <laughs> because that's an absolute. Um, but you know, comedy is very subjective. So there, really there you go with your absolute trying to defend a p- very particular point of reference involving the space-time continuum. Uh, I, 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 I wanted to know about um, this, uh, this uh, a little bit more about this this show that they did where it was all all review trailers. I mean, did, did, did they just reviewed the quality of the trailer without having seen the film? Or, yes, it, it was before the movie came out. Uh, even if they'd seen previous, like if it was a sequel to something, they would maybe talk about they didn't like the movie or they did like the original movie, but they would only re- they would just talk about the cinematic quality of the trailers, how well this, the the the, uh, the narrative held together. That's uh, hilarious. Like the performances, how good are the performances? Yes. And that's yeah. funny. Yeah, I thought it was really clever. It was I'd never heard anybody do it before. Uh, and it, as you know, in the world of podcasting, if you can do something nobody else is doing, that right away is going to get you at least a first or second base in terms of somebody going, okay, I've not heard this before. 
Yeah, that's really that. I would think that that's repeatable. I mean, I I don't know. I, it's too bad that they they dropped that. We we've talked about doing an episode. We haven't done this in a long time, but we've talked about doing an episode where we uh, watch trailers and try to guess how different the movie is from the trailer, and whether we think the trailer is actually marketing the movie as it really is. Oh, that's interesting. And then we'll see the movies and then we'll go <laughs> back and assess the honesty of the, uh, of the marketing campaign. Sounds like maybe you guys need a spinoff podcast for that. <laughs> We've got so many. T- yeah. I mean, we really should have a spinoff podcast and maybe, uh, yeah, maybe we could introduce like some wacky neighbors or whatever that will spin <laughs> off into their own. Um, hey, Phil, I would love to have you back on the show to co-host with me again sometime when you're when you get to some bandwidth. I know you've been busy with some TV movies and stuff. Yeah, I quit. I quit my gig directing second unit on Lifetime movies. You did? Yeah. Wow. It was too, ripping your heart out too much soul rending. A little bit um, more. It was them asking me to reduce my rate. Oh, <laughs> uh, but well, you, I had you, did. you reduced it to nothing. But I had. I yeah, see, I'm a team player. I <laughs> no, I came out of the last one that I did really pleased with the work that I had done. In fact, the director on the on the last day announced to the whole first unit crew that that was a wrap with me and that I had just directed 40% of the movie wow. on, on second unit, which was very cool. And I thought coming out of it uh you know, now I'm really in a position where I not only can ask for maybe a little bit of a raise in rate, but also more input into who gets hired on second unit and how they schedule second unit. And so I told them that and their response was, that's interesting. Actually, we were thinking about giving you less input and less money. Money. Wow. So you guys were thinking along similar lines. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And much like the TED Talks, there's room for oh, one point of view in that conversation. And but at the same time, at the same time, I, you know, I'm not losing any sleep over no longer being a part of making movies wherein a teenager gets her neck broken each and every film. <laughs> and I'm talking about on camera. I don't mean behind the scenes. Let's put an end to that rumor right now. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe it leaves you open then for um, – I've been working with a producer friend of mine to try and get back on uh, the Hallmark Channel movie slates. Oh. And uh, you never know. Now that you're not over at Lifetime, maybe you'd like to direct a Hallmark movie. I'm just saying. I might love that. And actually, maybe uh, – although Dean and I certainly love to have production meetings on air, uh, <laughs> maybe this is something you and I should talk about in the future because I actually also uh, – I have a script – for something that I've actually thought it never it, it's a it's a fun script it's funny it's touching uh, but it it's not a money maker you know it's kind of a standalone sort of indie film but then I thought oh it could work as a backdoor mm. a backdoor pilot for a Hallmark series oh there you go okay so you might be just the person for me to ask uh, all right well listen this. let's um let's table this conversation until uh, next we speak and uh, I'm gonna be in uh, LA I think in mid June so maybe we can if you're around we can get together am I around I'll be uh, shooting a little something called the lady killers oh hello and uh, Mark Hershon might not uh, only visit the set wow we have a few roles left to cast mark oh, hershon might I, I, just... I am a sag after actor after all i've got my card 
Really? Even after playing the custodian uh, in that wedding day, is you still I was have not a sack guard? I was, I was the estate groundskeeper. Damn it! They cut out my most vital lines from the beginning of my introduction. But they let you keep your sack card after that, so it's... They did. Oh, yes. I'm, <laughs> I, 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 yes, I've got my card. In fact, I just paid my dues, so I'm, I'm paid up. I'm hey, you're, you're one up on me. <laughs> All right, uh, Mark Gershon, this has been excellent. Phil Ernest, thank you very much. And uh, I, are we calling a halt to the the ongoing mentions? What? Uh, Who knows? Thinking? I think we have so many themes now that we've introduced that I I think we'll uh, certainly will be mentioning you, uh, even without intending to do so. Phil, I'm sorry you had to face my spinning ball, but uh, <laughs> if I had a dollar for every time somebody said that to me, <laughs> you'd be living on the other side of the hill. I don't even know what that means. I don't either. I don't even, it's spun off the rails. I'm going to hit stop recording right now. That seems very appealing to me. I will talk to you soon. All right, bye-bye. So as you can hear there, sounds like we will continue to uh, sing each other's praises as our podcasts continue. And I couldn't be in better company, believe you me. Um, I've got a little message here from uh, Davy and Dent. Uh, who is, uh, he has a podcast called the Bitter Sound Podcast. He's also part of the Strange Times Podcast. So uh, he called into the Succotash Hotline, which you can do. Anybody can call in to the Succotash Hotline, 818-921-7212. And uh, you can leave us a message about your own podcast, about a podcast you like, questions about our podcast, or or anything else. And uh, I'll be happy to play it on the show if it has any kind of relevance whatsoever such as this one. Hello, people of Succotash. This is Davian fucking Dent from the Bitter Sound Podcast. Um, I'm, I'm currently getting quite drunk in an English pub with Bon from the Bon and Obo show. Um, his trousers are around his ankles. Uh, oh, hang on. No, don't do that. And to close out the special edition of uh, Succotash 59.5, here is uh, our burst durst with Will Durst, who you can always catch at willdurst.com. He also tweets at Will Durst, and uh, he has a one-man show that's up on Tuesday nights in San Francisco through June 25th at the Marsh Theater. So uh, you'll want to look out for that, and I will have more information in Epi 60 uh, about where you can get tickets and uh, check out more about that show. But in the meantime, here's Mr. Durst. Hey guys, Will Durst here with a few choice words about the newest foreign policy tar pit the president's being backed into, known as Benghazi. After flogging this issue nonstop since September 11th, the Fox News team has finally pushed the story of the Libyan embassy riot that resulted in the death of four Americans back into the public consciousness, claiming that many legitimate questions need to be answered. Was the protest planned or spontaneous? Did the group that initiated the attack have any affiliation with Arab terrorists? Who altered the talking points, the CIA or the State Department? Having taken all this in, the American people responded with even more penetrating questions. Who cares? What difference does it make? Aren't we stuffed to the gills with this partisan gobbledygook already? Who really gives an albino rat's ass? Tragic, violent events occurring in the Middle East. Oh no, not that. Infighting amongst government agencies. Could this be happening again? Republicans accusing a Democratic administration of not being patriotic enough. What are the odds? 
America's eyes are collectively glazing over. We have been told for the last 20, 30 years that Libya is a godless pit of iniquity, and now they want us to assess blame on our own guys? After they themselves voted down additional money for embassy security? You gotta be kidding me. But the GOP is convinced it has the White House on the run and now is calling for investigative committees and dedicated inquiry boards and pretty soon it'll be special prosecutors and courts hopping full of kangaroos and then barbed wire and dungeon doors with keys specifically designed to be thrown away just in time for the midterms. And hopefully Hillary Clinton and her 2016 presidential run rot behind the same Benghazi smokescreen. But as with all smokescreens, you better pay close attention to which way the wind blows. Could easily end up choking on that very same stuff. For Succotash, the podcast of comedy podcasts, I'm Will Durst. And that is going to do it. Very abbreviated. Our Epi 59.5. Thanks to Phil Lairness for calling in and that little chat. Uh, thanks for Davian Dent for his uh, his call. And thanks, of course, to Mr. Will Durst, who is with us almost each and every episode with his burst of Durst. Uh, in the meantime, until I see you next time, pass the Zuckatash. You've been listening to Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast with your host, Mark Hershon. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants. And imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuckatashShow.com, on iTunes, or on Stitcher Smart Radio. You can also like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Suckatash Show, email us at marc at SuckatashShow.com, or call into the Suckatash hotline at our toll call number, 818-921-7212. Suckatash is produced and engineered by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, the home of the hit. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the succotash. Goodbye.